0: You'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce to you our guest this week, Kat Dow. So Kat is a family constellations therapy facilitator and helps people clean up intergenerational trauma and supports people back to their innate wholeness. She is trauma-informed and utilizes parts work, inner child work, and felt sense, bodily awareness, intuitive guidance to support clients in moving from what's wrong with me to what happened to me. She is a philosophy with one foot in the spiritual world and one foot in the physical 3D and brings life force energy back into the family system to create healing for 14 generations before and after you. Oh my gosh. I cannot even begin to describe how grateful I am for Kat, for her work in the world, for this conversation that we had. It was one of my favorites that I've had in a while and... I was first introduced to Kat, I think, through Instagram. I had seen some of her posts and I had heard about family constellations therapy but didn't really understand exactly what it was. I think I had seen in – there was a Goop episode where they did a group family constellations therapy session. So that was really the only introduction I had to this work. I didn't really know what this modality was. But I think the way that Kat describes it is perfect, that it is a mix between that spiritual – you know, almost 5D reality mixed with the physical 3D reality and the marriage of the two creates a really beautiful container and Kat, I was lucky enough, (laughs) so grateful that Kat gifted me a session before we recorded this podcast episode, so you're listening to this episode where just the day before we had done a like three hour family constellations therapy session, so I got to experience her magic and her work firsthand and It was such a special session. Kat held such beautiful space and truly has a gift, truly has a spiritual gift in connecting to exactly what you need while in session with her. And I was able to share my whole family's history, my personal history, um, my mother's, my father's, and really paint this whole picture for her that allowed us to go into the session and allowed me to heal what I needed to heal within that session. And In the past couple weeks since we've had that session, I still feel like things are moving and shifting from that one session. And I think that just speaks to Kat's beautiful way of holding space and her true gift and true magic in this world. So in this episode, we will get into what is Family Constellations Therapy? Why is it used to heal generational trauma? Uh, We talk about facing what we society likes to deem quote unquote negative f- emotions and how to move through more difficult or more dense emotions. Katz shares her personal story, which I find really inspiring and empowering. We talk about epigenetics and how that affects trauma, and we just look at how trauma is passed down from our lineage and what we can do in today's present world as millennials, as part of the gen z uh, generation but what we can do generationally to not only heal the generations that came before us but heal our mother lines and heal our future generations so i truly can't underestimate i think the power and the impact of this work and if you feel called to it if you have that little inkling that kat did Um, or a big inkling, definitely encourage you to reach out to her, book a session with her, find out more information to see if this work calls you. So that all being said, I'm excited to get into this conversation with Kat Dow. And hello, Kat. Thank you so much for joining me on the Creative Soul
1: Podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Just feel like so ready to continue sharing our time together. We've had so much time together already. It's like, just feels like two girls hanging out.
0: (laughs) I know. I literally was telling my fiance yesterday. I was like, I did this session with my new friend, Kat. I mean, I feel like I know her. I feel like I've known her for years. (laughs) I'm like, she's definitely going to be a new good friend. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) So I'm excited to just continue the conversation today, but I want to start off with the first question that I ask every guest when they come on. And that is, What is currently fueling your creative soul?
1: Oh my gosh, that is a beautiful question. It's actually a newer journey for me to be able to even understand what that means for me because I'm going through this really beautiful reawakening in my womb and the realization of, or the realization that I have shut down my creative expression through my womb through my lineage is is something I'm learning more about right now. And so when you say what is fueling my creative soul right now, it's this reawakening of accepting and loving the fact that if I want to be truly in my wholeness, if I want to be who I came here to be on this earth in this lifetime, it's about fully expressing myself no matter what obviously in a healthy and safe, loving way, or maybe sometimes it's sacred rage and I get pissed and I scream in a pillow. It doesn't really matter. But the point is, is letting myself feel everything in me. And so that is really what's fueling me right now. And that also, you know, ties into having a deeper relationship with my body and letting my body be the energetic, conduit of like what do I feel like doing today you know do I feel like wearing sweats and not wearing any makeup and taking client calls and making content or do I feel like you know dressing up and looking cute and it's just it that's such a surface level of it but that's kind of what is a small example of me expressing myself in the world and when I feel like I can fully express myself in in my life then I feel like I can be creative and I can be a conduit for what wants to be created through me. Mm. And a lot of that is my connection to my creation
0: center, which is my womb. Mm. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful answer. And I love that you're checked, like that journey of checking in with your body and fully embodying being a human. And you said this word wholeness, which I think I, 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 I mean, we've, I feel like we've all heard that word, but I'm curious, what does wholeness mean to you? What is that? What is, yeah, what is wholeness? To me, if you would have asked me
1: a year ago what wholeness means or two years ago, I would have said wholeness is being fully healed and fully happy and positive and loving all the time. And that's bullshit. (laughs) Wholeness is being... The entirety of who you are as a human on this earth, the good, the hard to look at, the what the stuff that feels ugly, the joyfulness, feeling the full spectrum of your emotions, mm. feeling the full spectrum of the sensations in your body. And wholeness to me also is accepting that we're gonna go through ebbs and flows in life, which are all different expressions of who we are. But at the end of the day, we have an opportunity through those things to live our truth. And that is wholeness to me, is when you're living in your truth.
0: Oh my gosh, you are magic. Everything (laughs) you're saying is just like exactly what I needed to hear. And I think what people are listening needs to hear. Because I am very similar where I feel like I had a very like toxic positivity mindset where I was just like, life is amazing and beautiful all the time. And I wasn't giving myself permission to feel any what I deemed like quote unquote negative emotions. And I realized that even when I was having a day where like sadness would come up or grief or anger, I would judge myself so hard for being, you know, in that emotional period and kind of like, well, look at my life. Everything's amazing. Why am I feeling sad? But you don't even realize all of the emotions that, you know, if you hadn't felt it your whole life, it's going to be stored in the body. And at some point it needs to come out. And if you don't let out those emotions, that's what leads to physical dis-ease and illness and, you know, aches and pains because our bodies and our emotions like are always speaking to us. And if we don't let our emotions move and our emotions really are energy in motion, then they're just going to stay stuck in the body. So I'm really curious, like, what has your journey been like with coming to wholeness, with moving emotions through your body, what has that been like for you? Before we touch on that, I want to touch on something that you said, which is so profoundly
1: wise and true. It's, it's that part where you said, if we haven't been feeling our whole lives and we start to feel again, Mm. it feels really intense, right? Like, I don't remember exactly what you said, but that, that was so, that's so common for a lot of us who had toxic childhoods toxic dynamics within childhoods, even parentified with our parents and mesh with our parents, you know, when we find our own sense of self, which we never had before, those feelings that come with having our own sense of self can sometimes feel super spirally. I remember like when I started to just have my, I got divorced three years ago and I lived on my own for the first time in like 10 years. And before that I was with my family. So really three years ago was the first time I ever lived alone. And I remember living alone was hard for me because I was always around people. I'm the oldest of five. So it's like, I was always just surrounded by people. So I remember when I had like my first, like really sad day in my apartment by myself. And I was like alone, I fucking spiraled. Can I cuss on here? Of course. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I spiraled. I was like, oh my God, I have a bad emotion. My whole life is going to shit. I don't know why I'm so sad. Like I couldn't even understand why I felt sad. Mm. Now looking at wholeness, wholeness means I am sad about something and I can still have a good day. I'm Mm. not going to let the magnitude of my sadness affect the rest of my day. I'm going to honor my sadness. I want to move through it, which is going to answer your next question. But like, I, I also can look at all the other parts of me in my wholeness that are also joyful and loving and peaceful and whatever. And I can honor all those parts of myself without letting myself spiral because I have one bad feeling, you know what I mean? But the, if you're new to feeling your feelings, that one bad feeling is going to feel like the end of the fucking world. And it did for so
0: long for me. Yeah. And we identify with that one feeling as if like, that's all there is. But you mentioned the parts, it's like, right, sadness can coexist with joy, with love, with gratitude. And yet you can also feel sadness and grief and pain and anger because it's all the spectrum. And that's why that's what we're here to do, to feel the spectrum, to to live in the experience of being a human being. It's just that we've like demonized and society has vilified these emotions. And like, we're not allowed to feel these certain emotions. It's not appropriate to even express those in the workplace in you know, schools or those regular places that we have to move through in society. So that's why we can feel bottled up when it's like, why can't we just express healthfully? Healthy, healthfully. Uh, yeah, healthfully. <laughs> healthfully, is that a word? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> so that, that, could you repeat that other question that you asked, Dan Because that was so yeah. beautiful.
0: Yeah, going back to, I, I want to hear more just about your personal journey with, you know, moving through negative emotions or, What was your journey like to discovering parts of yourself to, you know, and I don't know if we're ever, are we ever completely whole? I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's the journey, maybe it is for others and maybe not for some others, but yeah. Curious. What has your journey been like on this path of discovering family constellations therapy and what has that all been like for you? So every therapist that I well, to answer your question,
1: yes, we're always fully whole mm. because remember, the wholeness is all the parts of us. Oh, I love that. Yes. So okay. We're always whole no matter what, but every therapist that I have ever been to, and I've been going to therapists since I was five years old, Wow. When I was five years old. I had a problem of compulsive lying because I didn't feel seen by my parents. I didn't feel heard by my parents and I got lost within the chaos at home. So I started lying to people about things because I think one day I lied that my mom died in kindergarten and someone was like, your mom's upstairs in church. Like it was this, but it was like this. I have so much compassion for that version of me, that child in me who was like, oh my God, like I feel so unseen. I feel like I need to say someone died, you know, in order for me to feel like someone sees me. But every therapist I've ever been to has always said, you've lived a lot of life for a very short amount of time on this earth. And I never knew what that meant until I turned like 29 or 30. And I realized, oh my God, I've lived a lot of life for a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. On the outside, my life looked perfect. I came from a wealthy family You know, my dad was very entrepreneurial, runs successful businesses. You know, my mom was the nice housewife. And, you know, on the outside, it looked like, why would you ever have a difficult life? Mm. On the inside, I struggled with an eating disorder from fifth grade until 24 years old, on and off, and eventually had to go to an outpatient facility at UCSD to get help, which actually only made it worse. And the thing that ended up healing it was yoga, of all things. And then I just grew up in a very toxic Home, you know, and I don't know how deep you want me to get into this, but I I can go as deep as you want, I guess. But you know, my mom grew up. My growing up, my mom had manic depression, and so you never really knew what was going on with her. You know, you never knew what was really happening in her own world. So as kids, we're all a little bit narcissistic and selfish, and that we think that everything's about us, right? Mm-hmm. That's just as who we are as children, and we develop out of that, hopefully, with time. And I never really knew you know if my mom was mad at me or mad at someone else and so I started to take things really personally I became hypersensitive to everyone's emotions and became a very big empath I'm a huge empath and can feel I'm hypersensitive to people's you know movements or thoughts or their way their eyes move or their body language or the tone of their voice changing because I always had to be on the defense of like is she mad at me? Is she mad at something else? Did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? It's kind of one of those where you're walking on eggshells all the time. And then my dad, God bless him, is grew up in Lebanon, has war trauma from from childhood in Lebanon, and basically has lived in survival mode his whole life. And my dad handles conflict different than my mom. My mom shuts down, and you don't hear from her, and she has her own stuff. My dad, on the other hand, will explode for twenty minutes, and then he'll hug you and say, "I love you so much. I'm so sorry. I, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're my baby. You know what I mean." So I grew up in a very extreme environment, mm-hmm. and so that paired with the eating disorder, paired with the chaos of the dynamics at home, paired with being the oldest of five siblings and always isolating myself, escaping. I started to struggle with depression massively. Anxiety. I was put on antidepressants at 16, which, you know, is like, I do not condone that now at my age, but you know, at 16, I was desperate for help. And I was basically suicidal on and off from 16 until... 27 when I got divorced, or 28 when I got divorced. Wow. And, you know, I, when I would hit my lows, they would be so low. Mm -hmm. And it was almost to the point where someone would cut me off on the on driving and I'd be like, there's no fucking point in me living right now. Like no one, this person doesn't even notice I'm here. It was Mm -hmm. such a low of like not even seeing myself, not loving myself, not accepting myself that it was it didn't matter what happened. If the slightest small bad thing happened, it just reaffirmed the story and me that you're not valuable. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. No one cares about you. No one wants to see you. And so I hid my eating disorder, the depression, the anxiety, the medication I was on. I hid everything from everyone. In fact, when I went to the outpatient facility for my eating disorder, my family was like, you don't have an eating disorder. And I was like, no, no, I've had one since fifth grade. (laughs) So uh, part of that was me being in denial part of it was also me hiding it out of shame. So I hit 20, I'm 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 t- I'm not touching on a lot of parts totally. of the journey, but this is just the general part of it. I hit 27 and I got married to my ex-husband and I said, you know, I'm just going to give it one year and if it doesn't work, I'm going to leave. And I remember a month before I asked for a divorce, my therapist, the first therapist ever said to me I need you to sign this piece of paper and I was like what is this and she said it's a piece of paper promising me that you won't take your own life and I was like what the fuck I was like no one has ever made me sign this before and something about that wow made me realize that like this is actually really serious you've been struggling with this for like 10 years now like what what are you like something is wrong here and i said why do you want me to sign this and she said i think you're in a toxic abusive relationship i think you have stuff to heal from your childhood that you're not looking at your eating disorder has it manifested in its own ways you're severely you're severely depressed you're severely anxious and you have no purpose mm. and you're living your life for everyone else and i was like okay <laughs> so <laughs> so which one do we address first because i feel like my life is fucked right now so Anyways, long story short, I I signed the paper a month later, I asked for a divorce, I it was an easy divorce, it was amicable, we got divorced, you know, six months later, I moved back to my hometown in San Diego. And I was I got a promotion at my old job. And I was like, this is gonna help, this is gonna help, this is gonna help. And it didn't help. In fact, it made it worse, because it was almost like the job was a mirror for me being like, this is not for you. And the more you invest yourself in this, the more you're going to see that this is not for you. So every time I would dive deeper into that job, the more it would reflect back to me that this is not for you and you're unhappy. And so it was almost like, it was like grasping onto nothing. And I remember I was crying on my bed in December of 2020 And I, I cried and I was with someone, a previous partner at the time. It was a short, quick relationship, but he was sitting on the bed with me. And I said, I don't want my pain to be for nothing. And I feel super alone in life. And I need, I need a, I need a way out. I need someone to show me that like my life is worth living and that all this pain that I feel has a purpose. Mm. And literally two days later, I went to go visit my cousin and I said, I think I need a life coach and she was like okay well i actually have someone for you there's this woman named Carrie Ganya she is you know she does coaching basically she specializes in this thing called family constellation therapy but i don't think it's going to work for you cuz it didn't work for me like it i i actually didn't even like it she just ended up doing re- Meetings for me every month and doing tarot card pulling and coaching and all of that. And she was like, but just schedule, like, just pay for it and see like what happens. Like, just you have nothing to lose, basically. And so I was like, okay. So I contacted this woman. I did coaching with her. I initiated the coaching with her. And January 20th was like our first session together. And I do, I knew nothing about Family Constellation. I didn't research it. I didn't Google it. I thought it wasn't going to work for me, but I was open to whatever. And so I did my very first one with her and I remember I cried for like three days after and I was just like, everything that I'm struggling with is not mine. The eating disorder, not mine. The toxicity I grew up in, not mine. The dysfunction in relationships, not mine. The suicidal thoughts, not even mine. Like nothing about me and what my pain is is mine it's truly like generational that has in a sense become mine and I'm putting air quotes but it's really not mine and it's actually not even my parents and it's not even theirs it's just intergenerational stuff that gets passed down unintentionally which is the most important thing to remember And so it was either after that one or the second one that I did that I was like, this is what I meant to do with my life. Like I need to, I need to help other people do this. And since that day, I shit you not, I have not struggled with one suicidal thought. I have not struggled with depression in the least. I mean, I've had moments, but like not what I used to struggle with. And so it was kind of this moment of my soul me as a human, finally listening to my soul. And it was that meeting point between my human experience and my soul experience where I was like, okay, I do have purpose. My pain can mean something. And not only that I get to help other people not feel this way anymore too. So that's like the long story of what, (laughs) of what I, how I
0: found what I do now. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it just, this story is like miraculous in a way. It just speaks to, I mean, if you didn't believe in a higher power before, it's like, how could you not? Because for you to get to that point and then for your cousin to, you know, that synchronicity of someone randomly knowing something about this healing modality that you've never heard of, you take one session and it's like, I'm literally getting chills as I'm saying this because I did my first session with you yesterday and it was like, I was like this could change my entire life like this this woman right here who's sitting right in front of me on the zoom screen like she could have changed not only my life but my ancestors lives like everyone in my family's lives my parents lives like generations and generations and generations of people which like that impact to even comprehend that sense of impact is crazy And then to even think about how it came into your life and what a place you were in when it came into your life and for it to kind of literally flip your life upside down and for your life today to look so different than what you probably experienced for the last, you know, three decades of your life is just miraculous. And it just speaks to all of us having a purpose here on earth and like all of us really, truly being here for a reason. And I think, You had said this to me before when we were not recording, but just that idea of like, none of that was yours. And I think that, and I I think we've spoke about this too, but I've really been thinking about this a lot about millennials as a generation, because I think we are in such an interesting time in history where we have our parents who maybe they're like the boomer generation. We have us who are millennials. We have Gen Z who are on a whole different level. And then, you know, the younger generations. And it really does feel like millennials are here to be the pattern interrupters, to be the cycle breakers, to heal the trauma that has not been healed for thousands and thousands of years for generations upon generations. And that is not an easy task. (laughs) It's like, that is not an easy task. And we are so ready for it. Like we, it's time. It just, the time is now. So I like I it's like that battle cry like I feel like ready for the revolution and what an important part that we're all playing in diving into our stories diving into our families histories, because that is the patterns that we need to interrupt so we do not so we it, like it stops with us it stops with us and it's stopping with you it, you're not going to pass that on now to your children, and their children and it's just, it's really kind of a beautiful moment in history. Think about the last 200 years on Earth. How
1: much has happened? We've been through multiple world wars. We've been through the technology boom, the internet, the dot-com boom. We've been through, we've had some of the world's best engineers live in the last 200 years. I mean, think about the level of in of the expansion in our society and our world on planet earth in the last two, maybe 250 years. I mean, we literally went from rural ass shit to like your phone scans your face and can unlock a phone. Like, what is that to me? You know what I mean? Like now you go to Amazon and they scan your hand and like, you're done. You get, you know what I mean? Like think about the beauty of all of that stuff that's happened, but also think about the trauma that people have gone through, the war trauma, the immigration trauma, the ways, I mean, my point is, we've excelled so quickly in the last 250 years that at some point there's going to be trauma. And what I find is that in Family Constellation, like, yes, there are things that we go back three, maybe the the farthest I've gone back is a possible fourth generation of Family Constellation. Mm. But we're really looking at like our, grandparents and great grandparents generations mm. and what happened in the world in their world that affected them at the time that we are now choosing as millennials as a society as a generation we're not doing this anymore because what's so beautiful is if you look at I don't know if you believe in the idea of spirit babies I do oh, no, but I, yeah I so I had a
0: conversation with one of mine like last week
1: <laughs> so so exactly and so I know that this next, this generation beta that's like about to be born in the next year or so, or, or maybe starting now, they have a very, very specific purpose coming back to earth. They need to come through clear channels that are not tied to any karmic, you know, stuff so that they can create the new earth. Mm -hmm. And so we have a responsibility as millennials to our future generations So that they can create a new earth that is far different from the earth that we're seeing today, because there's so much that we need to, you know, fall and collapse and be rebuilt. We need to be clear channels and healed and not carrying anything from the past so -hmm. that we can move forward and give these new souls an opportunity to be the heroes of the story. Because ultimately, even though we're the ones that are burning everything down, well, what do you do after that? You need a generation that's going to build things back up. And so it's not only in service to the past, what we do, it's in service to the future. And, you know, I mean, I believe in reincarnation. So I don't want to reincarnate into a world in 100 years where the same shit's going on. I want to reincarnate on a Farm in Colorado. Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I want to live off the grid. So it's like, I want to create a world where that's possible. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah that's so interesting what you were saying about tra- like the amount of trauma that has happened in the last 200, 250 years. Because I think we do see a lot in talk in the mainstream now of like healing your trauma. I feel like that's. Something that's talked about now that our parents definitely were never talking about, you know, they just kind of suppressed everything and, you know, through addictions, I feel like that's how they dealt with their trauma. But I and I because I kind of was thinking like, oh, is all this trauma like part of the human experience and I've even had that thought of like you know, well, we can never really be fully healed. And, you know, no matter how healed I am, and when I'm raising my kids, like they're still going to experience some form of trauma because as a child, you just can't get all your needs met. It's just not, I think humanly possible. And maybe there's, maybe it looks different in a different world, but I feel like I've had that line of thinking of like, well, no matter what, everyone's going to have trauma. You're all going to have to deal with your trauma. But I think what I wasn't realizing it in that picture is like, well, no, you're right. Look at the last 250 years. Look at all that's happened. And of course that like, it's all part of the human story of like, you know, right. We were living in villages and maybe there was some interpersonal stuff or who knows what they were experiencing. But all of that is like grand scale trauma that's exfe- affected everyone on earth. Like whether you want to acknowledge it or not. So that, yeah, that piece is really interesting to me. Yeah
1: that's just the way I have to look at it. You know what I mean?
0: It is interesting.
1: You know, when we're in family constellation sessions, the first two to three, yeah, I'd say probably the first two to three that I'm doing with a client, we're really only putting mom, dad, and you into the field because Mm -hmm. there's, there's most of the trauma that we experience happens between it's, I've heard different ages, but I think it's between zero and 10. I know yeah. the brain is the most like moldable between like zero and three. That's when like a lot of the subconscious reprogramming happens. But in your, when you're in a constellation for the first time, you know, you're really dealing with stuff from like zero to 10 and that's the trauma that will come up the most to be healed. And so we have to look at you, your parents first, because that's your direct impact on your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And Then once we look at that, then we can kind of venture into going into, you know, past grandparents, great-grandparents generation. I have a client who has given me permission to talk about this, but she came to me. She said, I have a deep fear that I'm going to lose my husband one day. And I don't know where it comes from, but I've had it my whole life. It's like, okay. So we dove into her family history. Well, it turns out that her grandma was married to a man who died in the war unexpectedly and they were either engaged or married. There was no marriage documents, so we're not sure, but she lost him unexpectedly. And then after that struggled with alcoholism, you know, chain smoking and married this guy who became a workaholic because he was trying to escape her. And so there's this like dynamic of like, Oh, I wonder where this comes from. Well, Let's look back a couple generations and see what happens and why is it manifesting in you? Even more interesting is that when you really do undigging and we've done multiple sessions together, she has realized that this loss that her grandma went through, she carried that loss and projected that onto her husband, but also onto her kids who is my client's mom and so her mom has a theme of loss in her life yes has it manifested differently absolutely it looks differently than grandma's does but mom has her own theme of loss and so mom then raised my client to hold on to the theme of loss that's not hor- not that's not hers so then all of a sudden my client's like i'm afraid that i'm going to lose all the people that i love we go back to grandma and we realize that that programming started with grandma because she went through something traumatic
0: Whoa, I love how you can kind of trace those patterns. And it's so like mind blowingly fascinating that you like those things do connect. I mean, I can even share in our example of what we worked on is I have a brother who's schizophrenic. And you mentioned that usually when schizophrenia is manifested in a person, that means that there was a murder in the family. And you had said that to me like a week ago. And then I went home or I went to see my grandma who's 97 for Thanksgiving. And she told me that her great, great, I think it's great, great, great grandfather was murdered during the civil war. And I, I, whenever you had said that, like, oh, wow, I've never heard of a murder being in the family. Like, I don't know. I'm sure at some point someone was, but it's like, no, only three generations back, there was a murder in the family and you see how that connects. And then even, you know. More so after that, it's like her dad was the youngest of eight kids and he abandoned his family when she was like 16. And my dad has eight kids and he's abandoned his family. So her son is playing out the pattern that her dad had. And so it's like if you don't heal those things, and it's so interesting observing my grandma who is 97, it's like she's, you know, reaching her end of life. And you can see when you don't look at this stuff, when you don't heal your trauma, how that truly never goes away. And I look at my grandma who still has issues with eating disorders, who still doesn't believe that she's worthy, doesn't believe that she's beautiful. Like she always says such negative things about herself and is just holding on to so much guilt and shame from the past that is still like, you know, really buried underneath there. And it's just, it's such a stark example of like me being almost 30 and looking at my grandma, who's almost a hundred, I feel like we're both kind of in those Saturn return times. I, she must be in like her third Saturn return, I think. So it's like, yeah, that doesn't go away if you don't look at it. And you can be on your deathbed, and of course, her journey's her journey. And I'm hoping that whatever I'm doing now will also help her and help free her too. So mm-hmm. I trust that. But it's just so wild that you can really trace those patterns and it doesn't even make sense. And then sometimes it does all make sense. And it's just like mind blowing. Well, patterns happen. I believe very strongly
1: that, and this depends on who you talk to. That's a family constellation practitioner, because obviously in every modality, everyone has their own beliefs and also everyone has their own niche specialty when, within their belief within their. So, um, I believe that there is a strongly physical component to our ancestral lineage and our trauma, and then also a deeply energetic and spiritual one as well. So I don't, for someone who talks to spirit all day and works with energy and trauma, I mean, I'm not as woo-woo as people assume that I am. I mean, I am in some ways, but I really... You know, my biggest thing is I do not ever want to spiritually bypass someone's trauma. That is not helpful for anyone. It's not helpful for your lineage. It's not helpful for you, not helpful for your inner child or your subconscious. So a lot of my practice, a lot of my work, a lot of my training comes from parts work, comes from subconscious reprogramming. It comes from embodiment work. I'm trauma-informed. I have to be trauma-informed. So there's there's two ways that I'd like to think about patterns And the first is, like I said, having one foot in the spiritual, and that is the energetics of what happens in a family system. It's the the love that gets passed down. It's the fear that gets passed down. It's the... The way that we look at it in family constellation is that when family constellation is there to restore hierarchy and order within a family system, meaning you belong in the front of your family line because that's your proper order and everyone comes behind you and their trauma also is supposed to stay behind you, not you leading the way, carrying the backpack of their trauma, right? And so that's why in the constellation, I had you put your paper in the front so that you can move the line forward, but in a healthy family system with no trauma, which doesn't exist, but our goal is to bring life force energy through the family system without any kinks in the hose, quote unquote. So when a trauma happens, a kink forms in the hose, the trauma gets stuck and then people get stuck behind the trauma. So imagine it's like a knot and the water just keeps backing up behind it and nothing can flow through that's the energetic part of it life force energy consciousness love god whatever you want to call it has the ability to flow through everyone in the system so you can be your own person have your own beliefs have your own sense of self have your own you know purpose and your soul purpose on this earth without carrying the trauma from mom and everyone behind you right so that's that's the spiritual part of it the physical part of it is something called epigenetics are you familiar with that at all?
0: A little bit, but I, that was one of my questions for you, if you wanted to kind of explain it for people listening.
1: So epigenetics is the idea that your environment shapes your genetic formality more than your DNA, like more than your genes. Like what's the best way to describe it? So when people say, oh, I'm going to have hypothyroidism because my mom had it. My grandma had it. I'm born this way. It's just something I kind of have to accept about myself that I'm always going to struggle with this. Not the case. Not mm-hmm. the case. And I know that's controversial to say, but epigenetics is a scientific proof that you can change your g- genes and you can turn them on and off based mm-hmm. on your environment. So it, and that, that is, that changes things 14 generations behind you genetically and 14 generations in front of you. So if you can continue that positive switch in your genes forward, moving forward. I mean, it can impact up to 14 generations in front of you. So epigenetics is literally the idea that you're never stuck or cemented with the things that you were given. You can actually change them. You're not stuck with the body type that you were born in. You can change it. You're not stuck with the depression. You can change it you know, and, and even, even to go in deeper, you know, there's studies coming out now saying that depression is not a chemical imbalance. Chem- it's a, it's an autonomic or it's a, yeah, it's an autonomic, it's a nervous system response. So basically, basically you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. It's like the it's the point of it. There's nothing inherently. That's when we come back to wholeness. There's nothing inherently wrong with you. You are whole in all parts of you. What is the environment you were raised in and mm-hmm. how is, we talked about this yesterday with you. For some reason, it was like a big theme with you. What are you still holding from the past? And this is with everybody, but if for some reason, it was like a really big theme coming up for you yesterday. I feel like you needed to hear it. It's like, what are you holding on to That's not yours anymore. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's clear it up because it's possible. And sometimes I'm afraid to tell people that, to be really vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to tell people that because they're, it goes against their entire belief system. Yeah. You know,
0: it shakes the entire foundation of what they believe who they are to totally. be. And what everyone's kind of told you throughout your life, even doctors, like kind of going back to the, cause I saw that study too, that depression. Cause I, you know, my whole life, I believed mental illness is, you know, something inherently wrong with your brain like you can't really help it if you get it or not, you know, because especially with dealing with my brother who is severely mentally ill, I was like, it must be just genetic passed down. And in a way it is genetic in a way it is passed down because of different things happening. But in a way I'm like, it's a, it's, it's an expression of trauma. It's, it's a form of trauma. And I think that is controversial to say, because I think people, I mean, maybe it makes you feel better to have that like diagnosis of like, well, you know, this is just how my brain works and there's nothing I can do about it. But how Mm -hmm. empowering is it to, you know, what you're saying to your point of, no, you actually can change anything and you don't have to live in the stories that you've been living before the, the stories that you've heard. Like there are so many, the, the beautiful thing about earth is that there's so many multiple realities happening at once and you truly can choose your reality and even when I say that, it's like kind of mind blowing. Cause I'm like, well, can I, can I just change it? And it's like, but you can't, you really can. Yeah. And You're I feel like. stuck with anything. Totally. And it's like, sometimes it is a process. And of course, like, I think for myself, even as I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, yeah, I feel like I am on a process and there needs to be those steps of the journey. I can't just wake up tomorrow and be a different person. It's like, no, you have to look into the shadows. You have to look into the dark. You have to heal some of that stuff in a way it's like, that's what doing the work is that, you know, you're doing the work, but slowly, but surely, and, or maybe not slowly, but surely, maybe that's a story too, maybe quickly and swiftly, you know, you can heal what you maybe never thought was possible to heal. So that's just really encouraging and empowering to remember. I also think too,
1: there's so many beautiful things that you said in there that I want to touch on, but I think too, is like, people think that time heals everything. And we live on such a quantum level that we don't even realize that like you can heal something in a fucking afternoon if you want to. What it comes down to is intention, sacred space, what's the ceremony or ritual, who are you working with, you know, what is, but really deeply more about intention. I mean, if you are going through something really, really, really painful, you can clean it up whenever you want we are living on such we think that this 3d physical world is this construct and this structure and with this these boxes of time not the case not the case and and you know I believe in a higher power some days it's God sometimes it's the universe sometimes it's just energy spirit that floats like the northern lights in the universe but like there is an energy out there that loves us so much so much we cannot even fathom how loved we truly are we are created out of love and so why would if at the core of love of us is love would we ever think that we cannot break free from the molds that we society puts us in why would a God or a higher power ever create beings that couldn't evolve the only reason I, I- this is controversial to say but i really believe one of the only reasons humans reincarnate back on this planet is to evolve we're here to evolve as souls and that has to happen with love and at the same time oh my god the weirdest thing just happened to me right now i like lost my i literally felt like energy went in my ear and like came out the other one it was like someone was right here it was so weird i like was on i was gonna say something else oh this is what i was gonna say that yes it's important to look at the shadows and the darkness But don't become too obsessed with looking at how bad you are because that's what I did. Mm. In my work, I literally, I've spent the last three years cleaning up so much stuff. I have spent the last three years looking at every single part of myself, every single part of my parents, every single part of my ex-husband. What was mine? What wasn't? What was mine for my parents? What wasn't? I mean, I went so deep in the tunnel that I actually became addicted to looking at the the things that were wrong with me. And Mm -hmm. so I started doing that in my relationship. Okay. You know what? Things are too good right now. I need to look at what's wrong and I need to fix something because nothing can ever be good. Like nothing can ever be this good. And it can. (laughs) And so my, my biggest lesson in the last like six months has been to let the light in Mm -hmm. and we forget to do that. The light is why, the light is really how we ascend. The light is how we receive. The light, you know, is how we grow, you know? And 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 not to say that that doesn't happen in the darkness, but if you're too obsessed like I was with looking at the dark all the time, you're just going to put your subconscious or yourself in a mindset of something is wrong with me. Mm. And so that is what ha- I've learned about wholeness. It's like wholeness is there's the light and the dark within me and they, they can both exist just like it's not healthy to only look at the positive and the light all the time. It's also not healthy to look at the dark all the time either. Mm. So it's about finding that balance between the two.
0: Yeah. I love that you said that. Cause I think that can be a really easy trap to fall into, especially for this generation that is really focused on healing and doing the work and going into the shadow side. I feel like you really can get stuck in that and it's so funny when you when the that moment where you said something kind of went into your ear and out the other i was going to ask you about you were talking about love and so i was going to respond about something that i did realize about love lately because i realized that i had this phrase come up recently in like my healing process and the phrase was what happened to me was not love what happened Mm. to me was not love And even when that came up, I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, you know, and then throughout a process, I looked at it and I think what it was is just that, you know, the way that I was raised in my family system with my parents, I thought that that was love. Like that was what I experienced as love. And I had this moment where like, I opened up to divine love and to God's love. And I was like, whoa, I can't say that I've like, like whatever happened to me was not that. And it's just kind of been a really beautiful journey of like coming back to love, coming back to wholeness. So I wanted to respond on that. But then the second question was about your relationship with spirit. Cause I think the way that you talk about spirit and the way that you allowed spirit to work through you in our session yesterday was so beautiful. And again, I'm getting chills as I'm saying this because part of the session when we did the healing statements, I was so grateful that you were able to share the healing statements and I was able to like repeat after you because I think it would have been so hard for me to muster up the courage to say what I needed to say and for you to be there and just kind of like giving it to me. Was so like that, was that exact support that I needed? And I was just like, my mind was blown because I was like, how on earth did she know exactly what I needed to say? Like, how did she get it like that? And I'm snapping my fingers because it felt like that. Like, I told you my family story and you just understood and you saw and you knew. So I was so curious to hear about your relationship with spirit. How do you, de- how did you develop your relationship and how did you learn to trust it? Cause I think that's the part that we can get stuck on of like, how do we trust that voice? That sound came in my ear and came out again. I think someone's here right
1: now. <laughs> I was like, it I laugh and I hear them laughing because they're just like, oh man, if you really knew. So my introduction to spirit was. I've been talking to spirit without knowing it for a long time. And I just thought it was my intuition, which, you know, it's fair to say that there's different, they can speak to you through your heart. There's clairaudience, clairvoyance, claircognizance, which is the knowing is like just my my big, my biggest one. But I also hear them too. They're so like, they're so funny. They're just like, tell them about how you just almost ruined our really, I really almost ruined my relationship with spirit because of my codependency. Mm. But so yes please hold on. So basically, I have a funny relationship with spirit. I don't there's a lot of people that have relationship relationships with spirit that are very much like the beginning of my relationship with spirit. I was I had a my third or fourth constellation and my mentor said spirit really wants to talk to you. So wake up every morning, pull some tarot cards, automatic journal and channel, like connect with them and they'll tell you things. And I became obsessed. And they're saying obsessed isn't even the right word. Like there's no human word for like how I was. I was obsessed to the point where I became angry with spirit and I didn't want to talk to them anymore because they weren't giving me what I wanted and I was super codependent on them and I became like a spoiled little kid. Mm. And so I had to have a lot of boundaries with them to the point where it went from talking to them every single morning them giving me my boyfriend's name before I met him and telling me that he was my life partner and giving me clues about him. I would hear things about other people. Like I was really, my, my third eye was like on point. And then I had to shut it all down because it wasn't healthy anymore. And only in the last, I want to say like year, cause that lasted for about six months. And then for like, from like, The second half of 2021 to like the beginning of 2022, I like really didn't speak to them that much, only in sessions. Like that's it. And after that, I was like, don't talk. I literally used to say like, don't talk to me because like, I'm going to misinterpret something you're saying. My ego is going to get in the way. My trauma is going to get in the way. And I can't do that because it was driving me crazy. And it was only until about like March, I want to say, where like maybe actually, yeah, maybe maybe February or March, where I finally was like, okay, I'm ready to have a relationship with you again. But here's the thing, like, I need boundaries. I don't want you to tell me things in my sleep anymore, because I'm not sleeping. Like I had to establish boundaries with spirit. But what that allowed me to do was have a more fulfilling relationship with them. And so I wasn't talking to them 24 seven, like I was before. It was more so like now I was relying on my intuition. I was relying on my heart and then I would run things by spirit in a sacred space. So I do this thing after every constellation where I say I have boundaries. I don't do constellations in my sleep. Like I'm setting my boundaries with spirit, no constellations in my sleep. I'm only willing to work with people who are open and willing to do their work. And also no information outside of the sacred space and they listen and there are there we have a funny relationship now where like I don't even know if this is answering your question but I mean if I were to answer your question properly I would say they're here to help you they're here to guide you they're here to support you If you are in a situation where you need guidance, you call on them. I did not do that. I was extremely codependent on them for things outside of the sacred space, meaning in sessions. Mm. In sessions, they're hilarious. They give me everything that I need to know. Like I literally will write, okay, paper number one is going to be mom. And then they'll all start writing things that you and I talked about, but then they'll say other things like, you know, like they'll say things that are so that we didn't even talk about that are funny or that are interesting, or that are kind of, I have to run it by the client. Hey, you know, Leah, it, they're telling me this. Is this accurate? You would say this about your mom, and you'd be like, "Yes, that's accurate about my mom." I'm like, okay, we'll put that in the field. So they're supporting me, and like, we have a fun relationship with each other, but also like a a professional relationship with each other. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. And I, I, I didn't think, answer that, right? <laughs> no, no, no. You totally did. And I think it's it's so interesting to hear you talk about your relationship with it because I'm like, I can't say that I've, I guess, heard. Like, I feel like I've had. I don't know. I think that like maybe there's some doubt that comes in my mind of like knowing what's mine and what is spirit and what is like actually me channeling something versus just me making things up. And I think that's really a really common experience where we Mm -hmm. can think that, oh, that's just us. We're making it up. But it's like developing that muscle of trust of no, this actually is not you. So did you ever have that experience of like kind of doubting that it was spirit or did it feel really clear? No,
1: I think something I'm still healing, which is probably why you're sensing, you may be sensing that this question's hard for me to answer is because I have a really hard time sometimes, not in a session, I'm talking about like outside in a session, it's different. Like I set the tone. Like I don't know who I'm talking to during a session, but I know that someone's feeding me information and I don't really need to know who it is. I just need to make sure that it resonates with you. And I trust the energetic field that we're in in a session. Like it's a sacred space. And it's the container of it too. Exactly. So anything that happens in a constellation with someone, I trust regardless if it makes sense, truly, because- that's just the nature of my job yeah. outside of that, my biggest problem I had a reading with Nikki Nornberg. I highly recommend working with her if you need like a career focused reading. she said when she went into my third eye there was like a witch with like a with like a crystal ball that was my third eye and my third eye was having all these visions but the Chris the witch was my ego around my third eye like being very mysterious and trying to convince me of other things than my third eye. And so I have to be really careful about what I receive outside of the sacred space that I set for myself talking to spirit, because I struggle with, is this me? Is this my ego? Like who really, who's really fueling this thought right now? Mm. Here's, I'm in the midst of this right now. And I've been going through this for like a year, which is why I have these boundaries with spirit. They're mostly for myself. And so, what I say now, if I'm outside of a sacred space, and it's hard, right? Because, like, I have this gift where, like, I walk into, I went with one of my best friends to her wedding venue. We walk through the door. I see this woman. And immediately I'm told the country that her family's from the war trauma that they have. She's got trauma with her dad and alcoholism. And I'm like, seriously, we are not in a space for this right now. And so that gets really hard, you know? And then I'm like, man, is that, is that just me? But it's like, it's not me. Like there's something showing me or like, I'll go to a restaurant and I'll be like, I'll go to a restaurant with my cousins because I really only talk about this with my boyfriend or my cousins. And I'll be like, did that person have a heart attack? And they're like, yeah, how did you know? And I was like, I don't know. I just know these things. Um, So, like, my ego will tell me, like, oh, like, you're wrong. Like, you're just making this up in your head. But then my heart will be like, no, no, you're right. Like, that person had a heart attack. Like, they've been having heart problems. But There's a disconnect sometimes because I'm learning how to trust that. And then also too, like I said, I don't know if I'm talking to spirit sometimes. I don't know if it's my intuition. And so I think maybe this is just probably a mirror for me to look into this more because like it needs to become more clear because I don't know who I'm talking to. I I really actually sometimes don't care who I'm talking to. If it's my intuition, my heart or spirit, as long as the information is accurate and as long as it meets the right person.
0: Yeah, no, I'm so grateful for you just sharing, like us seeing you kind of in process with that. Cause I think we don't usually get people's process with that. And I think that, I mean, I can speak for myself and I'm sure for people listening that that's really affirming to hear that you kind of go through that process with it. Cause I think that's so common that just like, we can't, it's really hard to trust ourselves and to not really know what is what, but to have those like quiet, whispers of okay you do know that this person had a heart attack it's confirmed and that continues to affirm your relationship and it's like yeah there are things that we don't understand we don't know and it comes back to just surrender and trust surrender and trust and yeah I think I think that's I think for a lot of people who have these spiritual gifts like I think that's just a very common experience and so it's just helpful as we're beginning to develop it That it's like, that's okay, that that's part of the process and that's going to be part of the process. And that's perfectly beautiful as well, because it's all part of it. And, you know, you wouldn't be experiencing it if it wasn't meant for you to experience. So... Yeah. Yeah, And a part of me feels like too, like if I do set such strong boundaries around my
1: intuition and talking to spirit about certain things, if something does come through outside of the sacred space, does that mean that person needs to hear it? Is it my place to tell that person, someone, some, you know, like these are really, I'm dealing with really personal things. Like the, the, the motto, if you were to have like a quote unquote motto, a family constellation, it's about making the unconscious conscious it's unconscious for a reason. Like there's a reason people are not looking at it. It's too painful. So people have to come to me in order to be ready and prepared to look at this stuff. And if, if I'm getting information outside of the sacred space without even, it just like rushes into my consciousness. Is it because that person needs to know? Is it because her dad crossed over and he wants to tell her a message. And for some reason, I need to open myself up to giving that person a message. Like, cause I can speak to the other side too, like in mediumship. So I'm just like, I don't know. So this is kind of where I'm at on my journey with it, but not, that doesn't happen during a session. Like that's, that's stuff that happens outside of a session in a session. It's very clear to me what's me and what's not. And it's, and my ego is completely Removed from that situation because
0: yeah, you're in service to someone else. And so that's exactly what you sent. I wanted to ask you about support because I think that when you're looking into this work, like you said, it's unconscious for a reason, it's very painful. And so, for people listening, like what kind of systems of support do you think you need in place to be able to start working through the pain and feel safe enough to feel? to really go into the depths and feel all of those emotions you haven't been feeling and to feel the pain. Cause it can be really, really hard. And I was in a really, like most of this year, I was in a really dark place for the very first time because I had never allowed myself to be in a dark place before. And I was only able to, to get there because I was in such a safe environment. So yeah. What comes up for you with like systems of support for people to have in place? I think
1: it looks different for everyone, you know, as you're saying that, and I'm kind of closing my eyes and checking in, you know, with this kind of stuff, I really can only speak from my experience, but also the tools that I have as well. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's important to have different kinds of support. So there's not one way to have support. That's the only way. And so I kind of look at it in terms of like a pie like having different parts of the pie right mm-hmm. so there's like supporting yourself so self support is really important there's like having community community is so underrated people mm-hmm. really do not understand the power of community and just the energetics of having a community not even the words or the hugs or whatever just the the idea that there is the energy of i'm not alone in this is really really impactful and that can be anywhere from like you could go to you know, anonymous meetings, you could go to like, or you could find a spiritual community, you could join a workshop, like there's so many different ways that you can find community with people or build your own little community, you know, with your friends. If you have the opportunity to have familial support, it is really healing to have that. Although I know that there are people that don't have that. And so it's not the end of the world, in my opinion, it's not life or death, I think, if you don't have familial support. But I think that maybe finding someone that feels like family to you can also give you that kind of support that you may need, whether you have a cousin who's like a sister to you, or you have a best friend that feels like a sister to you, or you have, you know, your best friend's mom who feels like a mom to you, like, there are ways to receive the support that we need energetically even if it's not biologically tied to people and then I always say like and this is just a personal belief that I have and this depends on so many things within your own personal journey but have your healers like have your list of people that you can turn to and a lot of people are very hesitant to spend money investing in themselves. And I will tell you that like, I'm, I don't even know how I'm not, you know, I'm not in any financial position to be spending a ton of money on myself, but the money that I do spend on myself is worth spending because there's no better investment than investing in yourself. So instead of going shopping and buying stuff or getting a facial once a month or whatever it is that I would normally do, I'm taking that money and I'm investing it in a course, a workshop, a healing with someone that I trust. Like, there are ways to continually invest in yourself that are the most supportive and beautiful ways because I really believe at the end of the day that we are the ones responsible for doing the work. We're not responsible for what happened to us, but we're responsible for healing it. And so we can't rely on other people to do the work for us, we can help, we can ask others to support us in community and with our friends and family. But like at the end of the day, supporting yourself through investing in yourself, no matter what that looks like for you
0: is going to be what really brings you forward, in my opinion. Mm, Thank you. I'm yeah, I love that you said that, because I think the team of people like gathering your team, and then also what you said about community, because I think that's One of our main issues today is that we feel so disconnected from community in our modern society. And it even reminds me of like thinking about our ancestors and thinking about the generations that came before us because we're so disconnected from them. We feel like we're isolated alone when it's like, when you feel the generations of people that came before you, you feel like you are part of the whole, you feel like part of the web of life, you feel connected. You feel like you belong. And that in and of itself, like in the work that I've been doing to reclaim some of my my like ancestral lineage, connecting with the food that they ate or the plants that they had around, like that connects me deeper to earth. It connects me deeper to my life. Like it makes me feel part of the whole. So I'm really glad you touched on that. I have two more questions for you. One is... As you're doing this work and healing all of your family lineage, have you had to come up across like difficult conversations with your parents or how have they kind of taken you doing this work? Has there been kind of any friction or yeah, like how have the other people in your family system responded to you doing this work? They don't understand
1: what it is and that's okay. They have an idea. Instagram is a great tool for this, right? Like my family members, a lot of them follow my Instagram page. And so they see that I'm working on certain things and they, they see what I'm studying and they see what I'm passionate about, but I don't think that they really truly understand the depth of what I do. And that's okay with me. I'm actually so okay with that because this work is not the kind of work that you force on people. I mean, no, n- None, no work should be forced on anybody, but this is not this is work that calls you. You don't call on this work. Like this work finds you if you're meant to hear it. And so I don't really like feel the need to prove myself to my family that, like what I'm doing is beautiful and worthy. Um you know, I left my family's business to do this work. So my family has a successful business in California in the alcohol in the wine industry, basically. And I left that job, a very cushy job with a great future ahead of me if I wanted it to do this work. And so as supportive as they were, which they were incredibly supportive when I left, follow your heart, do what makes you happy. I can also imagine it was really hard for them. Like a child leaving the family business. I was running the department I was in. It was incredibly successful and I was really good at it, but I wasn't in love with it. I wasn't feeling purposeful in it. And so- there's there I have to understand their perspective too so as supportive and loving as they are of what I do they don't understand it and that's okay with me and I'm sure there was a little bit of disappointment when I left but what it has done is it's allowed me to be so in my own truth and not do it for other people and not really care what they think about it that it allows me to kind of drop my guard with them and it's allowed me to be be more open-hearted with them I think me leaving the family business was part of like a my blueprint or my contract. Like it did something for me mm-hmm. on a soul level that unlocked a lot of healing for me. And I'm sure, you know, that would be hard for them to hear, but that's part of my journey. And that was part of, that's part of my story is, Mm. you know, leaving the family business of what everyone expected me to do in order to follow my own truth and come back to my wholeness through that truth. And it wasn't like a fuck you. When I left, it was like, a this door is opening for me over here. And it's the unexpected door, but like, if I don't walk through it, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I, and I walked through the door. So they've been supportive. They've been loving. They, they've supported me in their own way. Do I wish that they would care to know more about it? Yeah, of course I do. Of course, I wish that there was more intention in asking me what it is and what I do and having more curiosity about it. But at the same time,
0: I don't need that, but it would be nice. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I, it's, it's beautiful to hear how you went your own way and that it's okay that they don't understand. Cause I think you're right. That people will come to this work when they're called to it. And it's working in ways that they don't understand that maybe even you don't understand, but it's working in ways that's healing them as well. And also honoring your inner child and saying like, hey, actually I would like to be seen for what I'm doing and in my purpose and for my family to recognize that. So I totally, I totally understand that and want to validate that in you because that makes total sense of like, yeah, your inner child wants your parents to be like, good job, I see what you're doing. Great job, like great work, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure they do say in other ways, but. They have their own ways of doing
1: it. And I really hold on to those moments. But I think if anything, I mean, This is something that you'll see in Family Mm -hmm. Constellation the more you do it is like you start to have a ripple effect in your family system. So like don't think that just because you're doing this for yourself, it doesn't open up other people in your family like they will start to come to you like my family members started coming to me and telling me things like, oh, this was a family secret for a long time. And I feel like you need to know this without even really giving me any context or like, oh, by the way, you should know that like this thing was actually from this person and not from this person. And I feel like it's really important for you to know that because like, it probably changed the course of our family's like story. And I was like, are you telling me this? Or like my uncle went and started seeing like a Reiki healer and a shaman and like other people in my family were also getting Reiki done. And I come from like a Catholic family, like traditional Catholic family, or like my mom, she started creating scrapbook of our family's history. And my mom and I spent six hours in August going over her entire family history and her lineage and her great, great, great grandparents that came on the boat from Russia to Germany, to Germany, to Nebraska, like all these different things. And so it was like wild how I was noticing that when I was doing my work energetically, this is the energetic part, that life force energy was really starting to move through everyone and everyone was kind of starting to open their eyes. So I have to look at that too. You know what I mean? Like there's that component of it too.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that for people who are feeling called to this work after this conversation. And I love that we didn't even really get into the nitty gritty of like what a session looks like or what it is. Cause I, cause I didn't know what it was going into it. And I think that was exactly perfect. Like I kind of had an idea, but I didn't really know what was going to happen. And I think that's like the way that you should go into it. So I'm kind of glad that we didn't really go into what it looks like, but for people who are feeling called, is there any like books or podcasts or like things that they can start with to maybe, or just any, like any books about trauma or anything that really resonated with you on your journey that you want to share?
1: Yes. So there's a book that I require all my coaching clients to listen to or read. It's called What Happened to You. It's by Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Bruce D. Perry. There are no books on family constellation, but what I can tell you is the way that I do family constellation is a lot of parts work, a lot of inner child work, a lot of embodiment work, and a lot of subconscious reprogramming. So if you take all those four things and you start doing research on them and also look into epigenetics, there's a fantastic TED talk from Moses Siv- Sizif, Moses Sizif, I think is his name on, on YouTube, TED talk about epigenetics. You, you can You can learn so much about what happened to you. And it is, it's not what did you do? Mm. You know, people that we harm or harm us, it's not about pointing the finger so much as it's saying, okay, that was wrong. But like, what happened to them? What happened to us? What happened to people that made them think that it was okay to behave in this way? Or what happened to them that triggered them in this way? Also, if you don't follow the holistic psychologist on Instagram, she is the queen of this stuff. And I learned so much from her. Her book, How to Do the Work, is great. Vienna Farin. She's actually half Lebanese like me. She's mindful MFT on Instagram. She's coming out with a book in February called The Origins of You. It's about family dynamics. It's phenomenal. I highly recommend like the I've read the obviously just a summary of it, but her work in general and things she's posted about it. It's going to be a phenomenal book. And then Gabor Maté. Like he is the goat of anything trauma related, anything addiction related. He has a great book I'm reading called The Realm of Hungry Ghosts. He has, he's been on multiple podcasts. I mean, the more you can understand the dynamics of trauma and understand how it affects you as your, your inner child is the most important thing you can work on. Like If you don't even know where to start, inner child work. Mm. Like that is you have before you can understand anything that happened to you in your adult life, adult meaning 10 and up, let's just say you have to understand what happened to you when you were a child. You're the, the, the way you communicate, the way you interact with people, the dynamics in your relationships, the way that you show up with attachment in your romantic relationships, the bosses that you are drawn to, the jobs you're drawn to. I mean, everything in your life in my opinion, and Dr. Gabor Mate says this too, comes from what happened in your childhood. Mm. And so it's not a, I don't want anyone to start getting like too nitpicky on the bad things that happened to them. The most beautiful thing you can do is observe observe what happened to you in your childhood, get support, find someone who's a therapist who's specialized in inner child work and parts work, do family constellation, get, you know, go to a workshop, like find people that can support you looking at your inner child so that you can understand why you are the way that you are so that you can realize that all you were was taught to be and do things in a way that your parents thought was right. And that may be not right for you anymore. So you can be free from that moving forward. Mm,
0: Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yes. We'll put all of that in the show notes. And then where can people find you connect with you? Where can they book a session? They want to know more about your work you can follow me on instagram my handle is at heal underscore with
1: underscore cat and then my website's just called heal with cat and cat is with a k and really that's my only two places of of discovery i guess Mm -hmm. i keep
0: it simple awesome thank you so much kat i'm like i'm so grateful for you for meeting you you were in my sphere for a while i was following you on instagram and was loving what you shared And then I reached out to you because I was just like, you, I, we need to be friends. And just, again, the session that I had with you, I think will be life changing for not only myself, but for my ancestors and my future ancestors. So thank you for listening to your soul and like being brave enough to step into your highest evolution of self and for coming and evolving on this planet with me at the same time. I'm so grateful to be here with you and just thank you so much for this conversation and for the ripples that you have created and that you that will impact for generations and generations to come so I see you I honor you thank you so much
1: thank you so much for having me on and I want you to know too like it takes a lot of courage to look at these parts of you and the only reason in my opinion that you were able to have such a beautiful experience is your openness and your willingness. So, mm-hmm. I am just merely a director in the background. You you are the really the one doing all the work. So, I'm celebrating you and congratulating you and thank you for having me on.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.